Jock Talk Podcast, episode number 13, take two. Yeah, take two, eh? Do we give, uh, does, uh, does producer Gabe get a mulligan or how, do, how does that work? Uh, we'll, we'll give him one. We'll give him one this time, I think. Yeah, it's, uh, is what it is. Um, yeah, we had the pod episode. recorded. Yeah. Yeah, and then Gabe decided to go to, uh, the Canadian Vegas, what, Halifax. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he said, fuck it. He'd rather do the beers. But you know what? We can't hate. We can't hate. We, no, we, we respect, respect that. Yeah, we respect any motors 24 7. Um, but yeah, there was a pod recorded. Honestly, kind of good that we didn't release it because right after we, we recorded that, a ton of stuff went down. I mean, the NHL has been on fire the last three weeks. Yeah, it's been a busy last three weeks. We're going to try and cover everything we can. Uh, we do have two episodes that, that we plan on dropping this week. So this today will be. Are you know we're gonna break down as much as we can. We're just gonna stick stick to the ice this week. We're gonna stick in the National Hockey League. No other sports. We're gonna or in this episode, I mean, we're gonna talk about just just hockey. Too much has gone on where it's just gonna take up the entire episode. But as a treat, since we missed a couple weeks, we're gonna drop another episode uh, with Ty, the UFC guy, midweek this week as well. So you're getting two episodes this week to make up for the missed weeks. But we're sticking on the ice this week. We got a lot to talk about. A lot that happened. Trade deadline coming up. Uh, Leafs are rolling. It's 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 shaping. It's the best time of the year. This is the best time of the year right now, aside from the well, playoffs. the last yeah, last time we were on the mic, we talked about how the the Leafs haven't peaked yet, and I think I uh, I, I put the spark in there because since then they're nine and one in their last ten. Uh, probably the hottest team in the NHL. I, I think that's fair to say. Um, let's start right. Let's start right after the Ridley Greg stuff, right? Um, let's start there because they have been red hot, red hot. Yeah, they're on fire. They are on absolute fire. So, obviously, they lost that game uh, with the empty netter. You know what happened there with the Morgan Riley suspension. Uh, and uh, they've been on a tear ever since. They went for they went 5-0 and without Riley, which we called. We said, look out, they're going 5-0. and How about 7-0 and once he came back? Uh, lost against Vegas on home ice 6-2, and they haven't looked back since. They won their, their last two again. So, what is that? That's 9-1 uh, that's nine, nine and one in their last 10? Is that what that adds up to? Yeah. Yeah, nine and one in their last ten. Everything seems to be cooking right now. Power plays on on fire, second in the league. I think they're firing at twenty nine percent. Well, they said a record. Now it's all just, yeah, all just a little adjustment. Uh, when when Tavares went down, uh, he wasn't feeling too well, so he wasn't playing a couple games. They moved Bert up into the bumper on that PP one, and they haven't looked back. They they've been on fire, and a lot of the time, it's putting these gaps in these games where the Leafs are getting two, three goal leads because of these power play opportunities. They're capitalizing every single time. No, they, they, the power play looks great with Bert there. I love that change. Tavares, yes, has lost a step. However, him on that third line with McMahon, and we saw last night the return of Cali Yarncro. That line looked fantastic. We'll get to that. But uh, in terms of the power play, sometimes I mean we were calling for that. For the last couple of months here, we were saying, you know, make a change if it's not rolling, right? And Keith has hasn't really in in years prior he shied away from that. This year, not so much. He's made those changes when 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 need be. Throwing Bird up there really worked, and like I said, they, they set a record. I'm pretty sure it locked in for the month of February. It was like the highest power play percentage in NHL history or something like that. Yeah, it's honestly extremely impressive. And like we said, right, the the little adjustment could sometimes make a massive difference. Um, the lineups changed just a little bit. Uh, since the last time we spoke, Domi now on the second line, Tavares on the third line. I mean, you gotta love that, right? We we've been seeing the Burt production. He got the hat trick against the Avalanche on his birthday. Burt's been an absolute machine. Listen, um, 
not as much criticism as you thought he would receive from around Leafs Nation. I think because everybody knows what type of player he is, right? Come playoff time, he could score you those big goals. He had 10 points in seven games with the Bruins last year in, in, in the playoffs against the first. It was in the first round against the Panthers. That's a that's a team that went to the Cup Finals. So Burt can play. Um, if I'm not mistaken, that was also his first ever playoff appearance he's ever had was was that last year with the Bruins. Yep, that's so right. Burt could be that playoff guy. Um, Domi moving up to that second-line center. Obviously, we're seeing huge production now from Willie and from Burt. What are your thoughts on all that? I really like that line. I really do. I wasn't a big fan. I know at the beginning of the year they had Domi and Burt on the same line. I would think it was a third line, and I don't remember who was the winger there. It might have been Cali. But with with Willie, that line is so fast, and like you said, Burt's production has just skyrocketed. It's just He just hit a new new level here. I guess I don't know if he got comfortable finally or what it was. He did the flow chop. Maybe that's what it was. Who knows? But having he, hey, hey, he's got dad strength now too. <laughs> that too. That too. Yeah, actually. So he's been, he's been on fire. This is the Burt that we knew we were getting when we signed him and everybody was going crazy. Oh, he's not that good. He's not that good. Well, got to be patient sometimes with guys. And this this is this is the Bertuzzi we were looking for. So him with Domi and Nylander, love that second line. I know a lot of people are critical of Domi's defensive game, but if they're spending majority of their shifts in the ozone, I don't really give a fuck. Yeah, I mean, I honestly think, obviously, he got a lot of criticism uh, at the beginning of the year, right? Just because of a slow start, didn't score for a while. Um, but, I mean, he's he's been an impact player on this team throughout on a great deal, too. Probably going to re-sign with the Leafs next year. I guess we have to see how it all plays out. But um, he's been a pleasant surprise for sure. Big shootout winner last night, too. That was a beautiful move on his birthday as well. Beautiful move. little bar diz on, uh, on Shesterkin, who's actually, we shredded in the last pod. Um, but he's been he's been doing pretty well. I'm pretty sure he was third star of the month this year in the NHL. So um, great goal by Domi. But listen, the blue and white, yeah, they're peaking now. They are absolutely peaking. Um, we've had a couple standout performances, like Bobby McMahon. Uh, he's been a lot on a roll. And having Callie Arncroke back on that third line with Tavares, I think that's a solid uh, shutdown third line. It is a solid line. Uh, I saw some numbers, and we pulled them up from that line. But I, I love McMahon's game. Like he's playing real well. I think he's a lock in this lineup. I, I can't imagine they're gonna take they're gonna take him out of the lineup anytime soon. He looks great. He's throwing the body around. Just looks like he's getting more and more comfortable every shift. Um, but well, just such an impact forward, right? Like he he plays that heavy style. Uh, like you say, piss and vinegar, right? His power forward, the way he's a big body, right, six three, but can skate, can motor, and the hockey IQ's there. And now you're playing with John Tavares, who's spent a decade plus in this league. Uh, his IQ's off the charts as well. As well, I think that this is a solid third line going into the playoffs. I think that third line can compete with anybody's top two lines when it comes to just shut down hockey. No, it's true. I mean. And how about that, eh? Bobby McMahon coming up from the East Coast. Now he's playing on the line with John Tavares. That is insane. It is insane. Now, we also don't – we didn't predict Johnny being on the third line, but, I mean, it doesn't really matter. No, but I like it, I though. Mean, obviously, yeah, I love it. I think it's good, man. Give him a little more sheltered minutes, and, he's, and he looks better. Like, I know he's not he's not the greatest skater anymore and whatever, but he's doing the little things right still. He's a great face-off guy. And, listen, you don't need – like, you're going to need something different from each line, right? Like, obviously, the big boy line there with Matthews is going to gonna do what they do. Like, that second line is more of an offensive juggernaut type of line with Bertuzzi and Domi and Nylander. And then you get the third line here who you can put out there in a shutdown role or you could put out there for an ozone draw. It doesn't matter. It's a very versatile third line. Yeah, no, it is. Listen, this that, that like this line screams like playoff style when it comes to just tight games, you know, when push comes to shove, this line might get get you a big goal or get you a big kill. Let's say you're hemmed in your zone. 
Like I trust that line for sure. Let's move to the fourth line before we touch on touch on the D and uh, and a new acquisition, a former Leaf back in the blue and white. We don't know how long he's out now because of what happened last night. We'll get to that. But um, Holmberg, Camp, and Reeves. That Fantastic. line's been great too, man. I mean, Noah Gregor hasn't been able to get himself back into the lineup because of how good that line's been. No, they've been fantastic. I mean, uh, Revo's found a step somehow, some way. Found a step. Um, Camp looks great. And uh, Holmberg's, Holmberg, he's, he's, he's solidified a spot too, just like McMahon. They look great together. Um, I'll tell you one thing with Revo. I think that, that him being scratched there, um, what was it, November to December, right? Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a good couple months stretch there where he couldn't get back in the lineup. I think that he, he went back to the drawing board, worked with the strength and conditioning coach with the Leafs organization. Um, because in that one loss against Vegas, uh, what was it? Six, two, six, two loss. Yeah. Six, two um, loss. Yeah. Revo scored. And there was one, that, that goal, that play itself showed me that this guy's been in the lab. This guy's been grinding away. Um, I think it was just high IQ play by him in the sense that uh, puck comes off the wall, realizes that if he breaks to the net here, uh, driving through the neutral zone, he's going to have a legitimate opportunity to bury. Dude, he puts the jets on. Uh, I think Sportsnet clocked him in at like 28 kilometers. I honestly, like that. He was, I honestly, as weird, he was flying. As, it, as weird as it is to say, I honestly think that injury where he was out for a little bit almost almost helped him kind of get get comfortable and, and, and find his, his stride here with the Leafs because like, Obviously, people knew how he was playing before, and it was not well the the first couple months of the season. It was it was brutal. Uh, he was like a dash. He was 10. almost a guaranteed. He, yeah, he was a guaranteed goal on the ice. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, goal against. Yeah. 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 It was against. bad. It was, it was just, bad. Yeah. But I mean, him being out of the lineup for a bit, it, it almost seemed like it had it allowed Camp and Holmberg to find their game, and then he just threw him back in there, and he just it just gelled. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know how, but it did. Sometimes it just it works in weird ways. But the forward lines look great. Uh, everything is kind of just piecing itself together. Let's pray they all stay healthy because we cannot say the same thing about the back end. Let's get into it. Newly acquired. We'll go with the newly acquired acquisition first. Ilya Labushkin, first game back with the Leafs, and uh, he gets his head popped by Rempe. We'll get. Yeah. We'll talk. We'll talk about Rempe later too. But uh, he gets absolutely run. No penalty on the play. Should have been a charge. Should have been a hedge. Whatever you want to call it. Elbow wing. What, you could have called it five different penalties. Uh, didn't get anything. Probably won't even get a fine. Um, but it looks like Labushin's going down for a bit here with a head injury. Yeah, I mean, once he once he didn't come out for that third period last night, you knew something wasn't right. I thought at first maybe a little like concussion protocol, you know, the spotters in the stands. But um, once they showed you the hit a couple times, man. Gruesome. First off, looked like he was out to lunch right after he got hit. Like, just not looking good. Um, I would say headshot, not so much a charge. I don't know, man. I'm I'm at the... I don't know what a charge is. Like, because if you watch the video back, yeah, it's six strides, right? But then he glides in and runs him. Yeah. Now he does leave his feet. He does hit him in the head. So, that's obviously... That's obvious there, but... A charge, I don't know about, about I mean, that so much. When, when, when's the last time we even saw a charging penalty? <laughs> like, I don't even, I can't Yeah, even... because I don't think anybody knows. I think that, like, you think, five, I, I'm going to take five strides, and then once I get close to that guy, I'm going to glide in and run him. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. what that's what my mindset is. Mindset is. So, yeah, Boosh goes down. Um, all Leafs Nation was so fired up to get this guy back to the Russian uh, bear. I well, mean, well, well, I don't know about on. all the Leafs Kyle Nation. Du- <laughs> the Kyle Dubas lovers, do we call those guys Leaf Nation still? No, no, we don't. No, we don't. Exactly. So, I mean, the guys that understand, 
how Labushkin can benefit your back end with getting pucks out, easy zone exits, finishing guys up against the wall, making it tough to get to the front of the net. That's the type of guy we need. Now, I mean, everyone wants the, the you know the shiny new car, right? Everyone wants the Noah Hannafins of the world and all that stuff. But these are guys that are that are sandpaper, piss and vinegar style that you're going to need come playoff time. So I love it. Now, going back to what you said, we don't know how long he's out for. Um, this tree get back and back in the lab and start cooking up a new trade? Probably not. Um, have we even got the extent on Labushkin's injury? We he just said head, but we they don't just know how yeah long he's out. no they they just said head injury may miss some time. But he was apparently talking to Samsonov said he's all right, just whatever a little shook up or something like that. So we'll, we'll see with Labushkin. I don't think they're done uh, in terms of acquiring a defenseman just because of all the the work they did to get Labushkin for less than league men. I mean, he's making 687 grand with us. They traded a third-round pick and a sixth-round pick, and people were losing their minds over that. Like, like you said, they were the, the Kyle Dubas lovers. Um, but listen, you bring in a guy, like that back end now is so solidified. I said it the other night. This Leafs team is reminding me a little bit of that 2013 Leafs team, how, how heavy they were and annoying they were to play against. Like, it's, it's starting to all kind of fall into place here with the Benoit and the McCabe's and the and now Labushkin as well. Like, that's the type of guys that they need to go out and get. Not, like you said, not the Hannafins and stuff like that. So you bring in Labushkin, he's heavy, but he goes down. Like, I, I, I if he's out for a while, they might go out and get someone else. Yeah, but even then, I want I, I still want a guy that's that's Labouche style. You know what I mean? That's, yeah, yeah. I don't want I don't want the Hannafin or 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 the I mean Tanev would have been sick, but we'll get to that too. But I, I don't know. I I I'm good with the heavier guys. I don't need a puck mover. I don't need a a a, a produce a point producer from the the blue line. I don't. We don't need that. We got Lilligren and we got Riley for that. T.J. Brody's a great shutdown defenseman. Like everything's kind of these guys are starting to find a stride with with who they're playing with too. Like Benoit McCabe is is a lock of a pairing. Brody Lilligren looked great, and now you got Riley and hopefully Lubushkin isn't out long term. I don't know who else you would really bring in. So if Lubushkin is all right, maybe you're right. Maybe they don't make another move. They do have good depth on the blue line. Like Lagason is a good, good, a good player to slot in when, when need be. Uh, I mean, the injuries are killing Connor them though. T- yeah, Connor Timmins out right now, and then Gio just back on IR after that fucking gruesome wipeout yeah. on the boards. Yeah, the injuries are killing them. So. Um, you get Timmons back probably pretty soon. I saw he was practicing with the team and stuff like that. So you might get him back soon. But even then, yeah, you're right. The, the back end just can't seem to stay healthy, man. Which is, it hasn't hindered the Leafs in any way. But come playoff time, like, if, if fucking knock on wood, but if Mo goes down and you still got guys out, now it's getting scary. Yeah, so you, listen, like I said, if they go out and get another guy, I'm happy. You always want more depth on the back end. More, You, you can't have enough of it, really. But... We'll see. They're they're a very heavy team. They play that heavy style, and I don't I don't think they're going to be stepped all over like they have been in in years past in the playoffs, and which led to some some minor injuries for guys who and they weren't able to play up to their full potential. I don't I don't know if that's going to happen with this team this year. I'm sure it will in in smaller sample sizes, but they're going to be able to dish it as much as they can take it this year. They're much heavier, and like you said, they got that piss and vinegar. So I'm excited to see this this stretch run with this team. It's I love this time of year, man. It's just shaping up. Every, when the lineup starts shaping up and the guys find their spots and their responsibilities and, and their roles on the team, I just I love this time of year. Exactly. I, I do. Lo- I love it too, man. Honestly, like this, well, obviously it kind of starts now, right? Like getting close to, to trade deadline a week away, just less than a week away. It's exciting times. Let's cover one more end of this team and then and then we'll move on because there's a lot to talk about in the league. Um, we got a really good goalie scenario going on right now. Two guys that are playing absolutely stellar. It's a fantastic problem to have. Well, it, really, you got three guys that are playing great that I would be okay with all three of them in the net. 
at any point in the season doesn't matter maybe i mean different conversation in the playoffs but at any point in the season like tomorrow night again you got they got boston tomorrow night put anybody in that i don't care i'm good with all three guys so obviously joe wall came back looked great looked like he didn't miss a beat really um yeah. samsonov has found his game we were like we've said a few times now we were at that return game and he's been hot ever since. And Jonesy is a veteran guy. A lot of people are hating on the three goalie system because, oh, you're not going to get enough playing time, this and that. But they seem to kind of be, it seems to be working for them. So why, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it type of thing, you know? Exactly. And listen, dude, Jonesy seems like he's completely okay with being that number three right now. I mean, he was kind of thrown into that scenario when all the goalie carousel was going on in December where guys were getting hurt and stuff like that. He didn't know if he was going to play or not. Um, so he seems to be fine. Like he's a true pro, right? Ready when called upon. Uh, but Sammy, Sammy's so back. And like you said, Wool didn't skip a beat against the Yotes. He looked great. A couple big saves. And then Sammy last night probably saved, saved their money, right? Saved the Leafs money in overtime. He came up with massive saves, especially the one on Panarin. Yeah, he looked unbelievable last night. A couple big glove saves. Sold them too. Looking like vintage Carey Price with the, with that glove last night. It was great to see. Uh, he's feeling it. He's dialed. And that's what you want out of all your goaltenders. Like, I, I I do agree with you. I think Jonesy is okay with that third spot. Who wouldn't want to coast to a cup as a third-string goalie? You know, you're just coasting. Yeah. But, just glide in, buddy. But, glide uh, in. Just show up. That's just it. Show just show up. up. Yeah. But, uh, no, I, 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 it's good. It's a good problem to have. Samsonov looks great. Wall looks, like like I said, looks like he didn't miss a beat. Hopefully they're able to keep this up. And I think the more that they uh, beef up that decor, the the lighter the workload becomes on the goaltender. So it's it's just, it's a good problem to have. All right, that covers the blue and white. Uh, fuck, big game tomorrow. Huge, Huge game. game tomorrow. Um, That's a four-point yeah, swing tomorrow night. It's a four-point swing because you're two games in hand on, on the Bruins. Um, at home tomorrow night too. So you, you got to collect these points. These are valuable, valuable points. As of right now, um, I mean, you could play anybody from the Panthers to the Bruins come playoff time. But if you get that second spot, now we're talking about home ice. Yeah, this is, it's, it's like I said, most exciting time of the year. Every game's the biggest game of the season type of thing. It's, it's, it's great. It's great. So tomorrow night, definitely a big game to watch. Must-see TV. Uh, hopefully they're able to pull out two points. They are on fire. And the Bruins have been reeling a little bit, which we will get into as well. Actually, I mean, I mean we can kind of go there now while we're on the topic. Well, uh, let's talk about Rempe first. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's, let's do give Rempe because it. we could highlight the entire league so far. There's a lot of teams that are that are pretty hot and a lot of teams that are just completely coming back to earth. So we'll get into that when, when we talk about the Bruins there. But let's talk about Matt Rempe. Good little Canadian product. Uh, this guy has taken the hockey scene and made hockey violent again, hasn't he? Yeah, he's he took Revo's words and actually made it legit, dude. This this kid, I mean, he can chuck him with the best in the league. He's proven it. He's that, that fight with Nick Delorier was the best fight in the past probably decade. Honestly, probably the, the last decade. And you got the libs coming out and saying, uh, "Oh, uh, you know, the fighting's not good for the game. Fighting's not good." Well, hey, you know what? It's great for the game. It, it's awesome. Yeah, we love it. We love it. Did <laughs> so you see the? the little... Did you see the Scotiabank Arena last night? Everybody oh, dude, wanted the entire, them to go. Yeah, and stood up. Everybody was on their feet when those guys dropped the mitts. It was awesome. That was awesome. You love seeing that Give stuff. a little background on Rempe. Give a little background on Rempe. This guy's got to get his flowers, man, because honestly, he's made... Well, first off, he's been the topic of conversation for the last... Since he, since he joined the league, and, and his debut was pretty impressive, too. A lot of people... like Yeah, so a lot of people are, are hating on it because the kid is 21 years old. I mean, comes up and... and Obviously, he's he's got more penalty minutes than actual minutes on the ice, which is <laughs> just insane to say. But 
Seven games played. He's got 37 penalty minutes already. He's got a goal and an assist, but he's not on the ice for that. But uh, I don't know, man. He's just like I, I like it. I think it's I think it's a great ad for the Rangers. Like, how can you go wrong with a kid like this in your lineup? No. So NHL debut, stadium series game, uh, puck drop, starting lineup, whole bet goes Matt Martin, long time guy that's been chucking chucking knuckles in this league, um, and everyone thought you know maybe this kid just you know likes the high energy. And then he went, who did he go after that? He went Martin, then he went... I think after Delorier? that was, was Delorier, and then it was uh, that kid in Columbus there. Olivier. Yeah, and then, and then it was and Revo. Then, and then Revo. And Revo's last night, center ice on the Leaf logo. Um, kind of fitting. Revo wanted it at the beginning, and I think a lot of the guys do too, right? They just kind of want to get it over with. Well, it seemed weird. But, uh, it seemed like he needed permission from the bench when he finally went there, almost like as if they didn't want him to go. I mean, the, the kid's sporting two black eyes. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the coaching staff told him, hey, maybe not tonight, but he still went anyways. Hats off to him. You'll love to see it. No, we we listen. Matt Rappi, honestly, you running Labushkin wasn't great last night, but we do love your style of play. A lot of people are like, oh, he's fast-tracking his CTE and all this whole bit. Dude, this is why these guys are in the best league in the world because they, they're crazy. They've lost their mind playing this game. They'll do anything it takes to be where they're at. Matt Rempe has been chucking knuckles for a couple years now from Calgary, played in the uh, HAHL, which is like the OJ for out in, out in Alberta. And um, then he went on to play in the, in the WHL, the Seattle Thunderbirds. Wasn't that great of like not a point producing guy, but always averaging like a hundred penalty minutes a year. Okay. And then playing with Hartford this year, the AHL team for the, for the New York Rangers, 43 games played 12 points, 96 penalty minutes. Like <laughs> this is the style that he likes to play. Um, and this is the style of the reason why he's in the Rangers lineup every single night from, from probably here on out. You need um, guys like this in the league. But like you need guys goes, like this. It exactly. gets boring. It goes dull when you don't have guys like this coming up. And I saw a quote. I don't remember who, who it was or where I saw it. So just, uh, you know, whatever. It, it, it was something like um, uh, they, 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 these kids say they'll do anything it takes to, to stay in the league. But a lot of them, once they get to the league, they don't do whatever it takes. This kid's doing whatever it takes to stay in the league. And if it means you got to drop the gloves and chuck them on a nightly basis with the heavyweights in the league, then that's what you got to do. But if he, and, and like I said, or whatever this quote that I heard, uh, a lot of guys aren't willing to do it. And it's true. You don't see that anymore. It's, it's just, it's very refreshing to see a kid like this come up and he's, and he's ready and willing to, to go some of these like absolute legends. <laughs> Yeah, le- legends, buddy. We're talking not one of those is an easy scrap. No, no, not a not single one. one. And you know what's great about him too is that he's not kind of been a, like a nut job in the sense where he's just running around looking for something. Dude, he's fighting. He's fighting the other guy's fucking goons. He's not fighting like a, a prospect or he's not fighting like, you know, a star player. He's fighting the guys that you're supposed to fucking scrap. Yeah, this is uh, we'll we'll see what he what he's able to do with the Rangers here, but it it, it looks like they found themselves a good a good uh, a good player there and a heavy player for sure. So let's move on to uh, let's just go NHL roundtable now. We'll start with the Kuznetsov stuff. You got to feel bad for this guy in the sense that he's he's kind of gone off the rails. Yeah, so he did the uh, he had the uh, player assistance program or whatever it's called for uh, he was in there for a couple months so. I, I, apparently this was all like set up. So when, the waivers thing came as a surprise to me until I found out that that's what they told him was going to happen when he came back from the player assistance program thing. So uh, Frege said on Hockey Night in Canada last night that this was 
at the start of the year, they, they were already talking about getting him a fresh start. Now, I mean, Kuznetsov's been a cap his entire career, and I didn't think this – I didn't I, like, I had no idea this was what was going on. He's making 7.8 mil uh, for the next two seasons. I think he's got a $2 million signing bonus or something like that as well. So big money for a guy who's only got 17 points in 43 games and now has had to go through this whole player assistance thing, and now he's in the minors. So I, if I'm not mistaken, he cleared waivers. Yeah, completely cleared. He'll um, be the highest-paid AHL player ever. Ever? Ever. Wow, that is insane. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know where it goes from here. Whether they maybe buy him out and let him get a fresh, like a f- true fresh start, or if he just like I don't know. I really don't know where it goes from here. It's a weird situation. It's, you do feel for the guy. You though. do feel for the guy, yeah, because you know, it's obviously it's never good when you're getting put into that player assistance program at all. This, there's something going on. So that's never good. Um, you just hope that everything works out for him. Now the Caps do got a week to work out a trade here, right? I don't think anyone was going to pick him up off waivers just because that $8 million cap at him is a lot to cover, right? So if you, you're able to move a guy off your team and get him, he's still a great player. Um, do you think that happens, or do you think this is probably something that happens in the summer? Yeah, this is this is going to be a summer thing. I can't imagine a team's going to pick up a guy. Like, like I said, he's not even producing how he used to. Now, granted, that could have been because of whatever he was dealing with behind the scenes, behind closed doors. We don't know, right? So... I just I think that's an off season thing. If anything, I mean I don't know if a team. It, it's a weird situation because like like you see this with certain guys, but you're seeing it now with an like a star player, and it's like do you you're not even really taking a flyer on the guy. It's more you know what this guy's capable of. It's not like he lost his hockey skill. Like he's still a hell of a player, but it's just you're right. It's terrible money, um, and uh, who knows? It's a weird situation, dude. He had one of the most remarkable playoff runs i mean scored probably the biggest goal in capitals history against that penguin and against the penguins right but uh, just remarkable playoff run when they won the cup he i think he had like 24 games played 32 points like just ridiculous yeah he's a stud like i said he's a hell of a player i can't imagine like i don't know do you think we've seen him in the league for the last time no 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 no. i think he's definitely back especially after being released from the player assistant program he he's done everything it that they've asked for, right? There's probably a whole ton of things that you got to meet before you're even allowed to get out of there. So I think he's, he's done, he's done what it's asked. I just think that that relationship with the Capitals is probably, probably dwindled quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, we hope, right. so yeah, hopefully, hopefully he's able to yeah, we hope he gets the stuff. Out. Yeah. We hope he gets everything back together and, and gets back in this league. I mean, dude, the, yeah, like you said, hell of a player could really benefit any team out there, especially a contending team for sure. He could play in your top six. No, no doubt. Absolutely. Let's move. All right, let's move right along here. Big, big signing out west in Western Canada. They finally did it. Name was in trade rumors for a while there, and they were floating it around. And I got a bit of a strong opinion on this one, but I'll let you take the reins first. Elias Pettersson, eight-year deal, eleven point six million AAV. What are your thoughts? So, I kind of I like the deal. I, I like the deal just because the cap's going up quite a bit in the next in the next few years. So honestly, like the eleven sixes and stuff like that. He's a great player, Adam. He's he's one of the best in the league now. Yeah. Um, I honestly thought that the Vancouver Canucks were going to get him at a better price because I think that the trade the trade rumors going around with him going to Carolina and that whole bit, I think that was just a leverage move. Oh, I, I don't have a problem with the number at all. I, I, <laughs> what I do have a problem with is what I was hearing about his, like, it, this, the whole situation just seemed so weird to me. Why is it that he was so, like, on the fence about signing in Vancouver and then they go and dump all that money into him. Like, I don't know if I would pay a guy who doesn't want, isn't sure if he wants to be a part of my organization. That was, it just weirded me out. It gave me a weird vibe. I'm like, 
He's sitting there saying, oh, I got to sleep on it. I got to think about it. I don't know if I want to stay here. Like, why would I want to make you one of the highest paid players in my franchise's history if you're not even sure if you want to be part of this franchise? Well, so here's the thing. I think that originally Vancouver came at at him with an extremely low number, probably like 9-5, right? And like that's low for him, right? So he's probably like saying stuff like that. No, we don't know quote-unquote, that he didn't want to be there. Nobody ever said that. Those were all just rumors. You know, funny enough, this guy is such a protected guy in the league that he never really gets asked the hard-hitting questions when it comes to media time, like media scrums. No one ever asked him about the negotiation process or anything like that. So we don't know exactly what was said. Um, But I think, yeah, originally Vancouver and management came in at like 9-5 and he's probably like pulling their leg a little bit. Like, ah, let me see. And then... The trade rumors came out about him going to Carolina, probably a team he never wanted to go to, right? And then he signs for the 11-6. So you're right, super weird. Um, obviously a W for the fan base, the great player, and, and you got him locked up for eight now, which is unbelievable. Uh, it comes in 100,000 higher than Willie, which is, is, is fair. It's, it's fair. Um, I think it's a good move by Vancouver. But yeah, the entire process was just extremely strange. Well, at least they got him locked up, and we'll see where the Canucks go from here. I mean, they've been reeling a little bit since the Lindholm trade. A lot of the fans are a little bit upset about that. They're they're what one one six and one I think since since they acquired him or, so, or maybe not something like that. I saw a stat. They're like one six and one in their last seven or eight, whatever it is. They're they're not they're not playing how they were before they got him, but uh, they still got a decent lead in the Pacific. Yeah, they're four five and one in their last ten. They've lost two in a row, so. Canucks fans have not been too happy with what they've been seeing, but I just think they maybe they maybe cooled off a little bit. I think they'll be all right. Yeah, they're going to be all right. Let's talk about one more uh, transaction in the league, and then we'll get on to the standings and what teams are hot and not. Uh, Tanev. Yeah, finally, finally gets moved. Goes to Dallas. Uh, you got the trade breakdown in front of you, actually. Uh, let me or let me pull. It yeah, up pull here. it up right here. But um, great trade for for great trade for the stars i mean just adding that defensive depth there they they've been a great team very consistent throughout the whole year um i was shocked at the return for calgary just because they stressed so much at least uh it was in the rumor mill that they they needed a first for tanov they were not going to move hanifin or tanov without getting first round picks um tanov goes on a second i believe uh with the condition that it would be a first if the dallas stars make the stanley cup play or stanley cup finals Yes, yeah, so this was a this was a three team trade. A little bit of a confusing one. Uh, Dallas got obviously Tanev and then uh, goaltender Cole Brady. Uh, Calgary received. Um, oh, hold on. Oh, there we go. Calgary received Artem Grushnikov. Yeah, he, defenseman. Yeah, he used to play for the Hamilton Bulldogs. We watched him in the uh, OHL finals against the the Windsor Spitfires. Heavy sandpaper finish type guy. Um, he's not going to be a big point producer and I think he's probably two to three years away in the NHL. Um, but he, he's a solid, solid defenseman. Uh, they also picked up 2024 second round pick. And, and then this is the pick you were talking about with the condition, uh, the 20, 2026 third round pick. And then the devils, I guess, retained some salary and they got a 2026 fourth round pick as well. So, I mean, like, I don't know, decent amount of, uh, decent amount going back to Calgary, but I thought they would have got a first round pick for Tanev. I honestly think at least. Well, this is what I was thinking was that you stress so much, right? Corey Sarge, I believe he's the GM over there. So you stress so much about getting first round picks, especially with the scenario and the situation that your team's in right now. You know, 
Calgary's been on the outside looking in for not just this season, but the last two seasons. So you got to start building up that that prospect pool and, and acquiring those draft picks. You go out and you get a second and a third or whatever. Don't get your first. Now the only big fish. Now, oh no, actually they got two big fish because they still got Hannafin, and now they're supposedly Rasmus Anderson's name is now in the mix, which I think that you can get a first for that guy. If you don't get a first for that guy, you you've done wrong as a GM. So they don't get a first. Um, now they got a week here to still make trades, but. I think Tanev was was probably the biggest name out there on the market where you could have fished a first if you were just patient. Yeah, I think they rushed it a little bit, honestly. Like I, 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 I can't imagine they didn't get any offers that included a first-round pick. Maybe they didn't get the prospect specifically that they wanted or something like that, but I don't know, man. I, I'd value a first-round pick over, over any prospect, really, because you get to pick your own prospect at that point. So I, I don't know. It was a weird trade. I thought they could have got a little more, but... I guess that's how those trades go sometimes. I mean, granted, like Tanev is a UFA, so I don't know if Dallas will have the the, the cap to re-sign him. Um, but it's a, it's a hell of a pickup for that Dallas team. They look pretty scary now, and they brought up your boy Stan Coven too, and he has been on. Yeah, fire. but then sent them back down. I don't know if it was a paper transaction or not, but they sent them back down. Yeah, I don't know. I I actually did not see that. Yeah, I, but that makes no sense hearing that. Yeah, he had th- <laughs> he was on. Fire. Yeah, he had three points in three games or three goals in three games, I think. But yeah, they sent him down. It could have just been a paper transaction, but that kid's gonna be a fucking stud in this league, dude. Oh, a million percent. All right, let's move on to uh, let's move on to the standings here, um, and then we'll have one more team to talk about. Just because producer Gabe kicked us in the nuts, we're gonna kick him back in the nuts too. So, um, <laughs> let's talk about the standings here because, uh, especially with the Leafs playing the Bruins tomorrow night, the 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 East is getting real tight. Yeah, I mean, it, it's tight, but it's it's really the Atlantic that's 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 where it's at. I mean, you got so here we go. We got. Top three in the Atlantic, you got Florida with 86 points, 61 games played. Boston, 62 games played with 84 points. Then you got the blue and white with 60 games played and 78 points. So that's what we were saying earlier about that four-point swing coming up tomorrow night. They got the two games in hand on Boston. They're six points back. So it's a hell of a, a, hell of a game, hell of an opportunity. Uh, and then and then you look at the Metro, you got the, the Rangers, 61 games played, 84 points. Hurricanes, 61 games played, 78 points. And the Philadelphia Flyers, 62 games played, 71 points. Very surprising. Uh, but very happy for, for, for that team. I mean, they're, they're, that's a hell of a team. They scare me. I wouldn't want to play them in the playoffs. Um, no, I, and then it, wild card, wild card. You got Detroit 61 games with 72 points and Tampa with 72 points and 63 games. Closest team on the outside looking in is the Islanders with 66 points. So Tampa's got, uh, a six point lead, uh, on the aisle. So it's, it's, it's almost as if the playoff picture, I mean, you, you got the team's, in there that it looks like are probably going to make it. It's just a matter of uh, jockeying for position here. Yeah, and, and and that's let's touch on the Atlantic then right now because you got the Panthers at 86 and the Bruins at 84 and then the Leafs at 78, but with two games in hand, especially two against Boston. So I honestly think that you can't count the Leafs out to win to win the to win the Atlantic at all. No, and if I'm not mistaken, I think they have Florida. I know they have them at least once, maybe twice down the stretch here too. So it, it, there's a lot of big games coming up. Uh, nothing, nothing is set in stone yet in the Atlantic. Absolutely nothing. At least between those three teams, for who's going to win win the division, I don't think the the Wings or, or Lightning will catch uh, Boston, Toronto, or Florida, or Boston. Yeah, or anybody. Yeah, I don't think they'll catch to get into that top three. I think those will be your two wild card teams, though. I don't think anybody catches them for the wild card. So, I mean, the Atlantic strong, man. We said it at the start of the year. That is a strong division, probably the best in hockey. It is the best in hockey, and that's why these teams seem to go on pretty good runs because I think you're just it's steady competition, dude. 
it's steady best on yeah, best. You got a lot of real good, a lot of real good teams, a lot of real good yeah. teams in there. So, I mean, the Atlantic is probably the division to watch in terms of who's going to come out of there and get make their way to the finals. I think it's going to be one of those Atlantic teams. I'm hoping it's the blue and white, but we'll see what happens. Well, um, the three hottest the, teams the in Metro, the league, the Metro, the three hottest teams in the league right now are Panthers nine and one in their last ten, Leafs nine and one in their last ten, and the Rangers eight one and one in their last ten. Yeah, let's highlight the Rangers because we, we, I mean, we've said it before. I'll say it again. I still don't think they're legit. They were, they were. I mean, they were just. They, they highlighted their decor last night on Hockey Night in Canada, and they were just going to town on oh how good they are and on paper and look at their underlying stats and they got they're so heavy and they're good puck movers. Well, what I saw last night from that Rangers teams, uh, from that Rangers team was a lot of their defensemen looking like the puck the, the puck was going to explode on their stick like they were trying to move that thing faster than they possibly could like they a lot of the times when they would go behind the net they would just throw it up around the boards trying to get get that puck out i listen i'm not saying it's a bad decor but i think that team has a bit of a, a a structure problem i don't think the rangers are a legit team i know they're good in the regular season but i don't think they're built for playoff success I disagree with you in the sense that they got some they got some big time players. I mean, we saw it last night in, in front row. Alexi Lafreniere is coming along to be a pretty pretty solid player in this league. Wicked shot, uh, kids kick skate. He's got an unbelievable IQ. Um, yeah, maybe not a team that can go completely deep, uh, but if they get a couple bounces their way, Adam, like good goaltending, especially Shostakin in the last month, they're a good hockey club, man. They're real beatable, though. Yeah, they're, extremely they're, they're, beatable. Like, I I look at them. I look at them, and I'm gonna. I, I compare them to the Panthers, who I mean, they're they're the, they're the the class of the East right now. I compare them to the Panthers, and the Panthers would run this team over, dude. They would they would squash them. That's fair. I I agree with that one hundred percent. I don't know. I I don't know. What, I don't know what the Rangers. Maybe they make a big move at the deadline and it changed my opinion on them. But I think that's a it's a bit of a deeper rooted problem with that team. And I, I hey, I don't know what it is, but I just. Just the eye test isn't there for me. I don't know what it is with that team, but something something's missing. Something's missing. But we'll move right along here the rest of the Metro. It's looking like it's going to be Hurricanes versus Flyers in the first round if, if everything keeps going the way it is. And I am so down for that series, dude. What a series that would be. That would be a wicked series. Unbelievable. Um, the Metro, yeah. I mean, the Rangers are going to run away with it, right? Can we lock in the Rangers for number one? They got a six-point lead on the Hurricanes. Same amount of games played. I mean, I think I think it's pretty much a lock, but a lock can happen down the stretch. You, we, you and I both know that. Yeah. But I, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm looking at it. I think it's gonna. I can't see any of these, any of those three teams falling off. Like it's been, we're, we're down the stretch here now. Like it, they're not gonna fall off now. I think they're just gonna keep playing at the pace they've been playing at, and and uh, I think that the Metro is pretty much locked off the way it is. Let's move over to the um, West. Yeah, yeah. Let's get to the West. Because <laughs> the West is getting a whole lot interesting. Um, it, it's been a complete juggling match between the Jets and the Stars taking over the Central. Stars are currently in the lead now with a with a one win gap, pretty much. Um, Colorado seventy nine points. They could also take the Central too. And then you move over to the Pacific, where the it's going to be the Canucks, right? They're winning the Pacific, no doubt. Uh, like you said, they've kind of fall or come back to earth a little bit in their last mm-hmm. ten, four, five, and one. I know, but I don't know. I, I just think that if they keep stringing a couple wins together, two, three wins, two, three wins here and there, uh, they're going to walk away with that Pacific just because of that point gap. I mean, Edmonton's at seventy four. Edmonton's got four games in hand. Yeah, but they've already played the the shitty part of their schedule, man. Like they're they got, they play a lot of tough competition coming up. They got to make a move. Yeah, they they got to make a move. They need to add to their back end. Yeah, they do. Uh, they, I think they need to make a couple moves. They need something up front too. But 
They, they I mean, th- th- that's a lot of games in hand, dude. They're, I mean, they're nine points back, and they have four games in hand. That's eight points right there if they win all four of those games, and then all of a sudden that becomes a lot more interesting. Well, the Canucks got to so, lose all four. Yeah, that too. Yes, yeah, you're not wrong there. But let's, I mean, let's look look at the schedule here. Do they play each other coming up? Probably one more. No. no. Oh yeah, they do. They 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 play one more time. Okay, that's it. There you go. So it's it'll be interesting to see down the stretch for sure in that Pacific. I don't think. I mean, Vegas won't catch either of them. Vegas will be in that top three, but they won't catch either. Hey, of what them. if Calgary gets um, in? Calgary's not. Getting what in. if they get in though? They're not getting in. The Kings haven't been the greatest. They're, I think they're up two one right now on the Devils. We'll get to the Devils. They're up two one right now on the Devils. Um, but dude, I, I think I, I think the Blues have more of an opportunity to catch the the Kings than, than the Flames. Wow. I don't think the Flames are going to get in. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't think they're going to get in. I can't see it, man. I just can't see it. They don't have enough of, uh, of they don't have that it factor. They just don't have that. I I can't see it, man. And they're selling. I mean, they they sold already. They got rid of Tanev. Like you, you're going to tell me they're going to sell and then get in? There's no way. <laughs> They got dogs on that team, man. Blake Coleman, Monchapani, like Kadri. There's dogs, Adam. There's guys that they gotta go full rebuild, man. They gotta go full rebuild. They're such. They're so middle of the pack. It's not even funny. That's true. That is the most middle of the pack. That if you if you told me to pick one of the 32 teams to describe as the middle of the pack of the NHL, it's the Calgary Flames. That's fair. I, I'll, I'll take. Yeah, I'll accept that. I'll accept but that. the West is the West is interesting. The West is interesting. Going back to that Central Division, I mean, talk about a four four games in hand. The Jets have four games in hand on on, on the Stars, and they're only two points back. Yeah, that Central is wide open. wide open. And the Avs ain't ain't that far out of it either. I mean, they got sixty two games played. Stars have sixty three. Uh, Jets with fifty nine, and the Avs have seventy nine points. So that's I mean, all three of those teams could take it, in my opinion. I mean, we know we know everything we need to know about the Avs. Yeah, well, listen. If the Avs get Landeskog back, which is he's still online, right? He's still on pace to be in the lineup come playoff time, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, they get they get him back, and fuck, the entire league's doomed because that that team's a complete powerhouse when their lineup's full. Um, but you're right, the the Jets still got a lot of life. It's going to be interesting. The Central's probably the most interesting division out of, or yeah, division out of it all, right? I would say so. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's wide open. I, all three of those teams could win it, and I if I'm if I'm any three of those teams, I want to win that real bad because I don't want to have to play one of one of each other in the first round. Because right now it's going to be the Jets and the Avs in the first round. That's a that's a hell of a series. But I would hate to be both those teams because one real good team is going down in the first round, and I would probably put my money on the Avs being that team that gets through to the next round. So that would be a Pretty disappointing season for for the Jets and and there were like four thousand fans. <laughs> That's a whole other problem going on there. I heard they had Gary Bettman fly <laughs> on the fucking G six six fifty or whatever, fly out there and watch a game because nobody else is going. <laughs> I heard he bought a whole section just to just to boost revenue. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's been a sick joke over there. We don't know what's going on because we thought that fucking Manitoba and, and Winnipeg and everything loved hockey, but we don't know what's going on there. Hey, we should call it right now. I'm going to call it right now on the on this episode of the Jock Talk Pod. Who knows when it happens, but if it ever does, I'm calling it now. The the, the NHL will lose the Jets before they lose the Coyotes or whatever, <laughs> relocate. They will relocate the Jets before they relocate the Coyotes. Or maybe a double Lawrence. maybe a double relocate summer. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? It's just sad, man. It's sad to see. Four, five years down the line. Yes. I'm telling you, I think the Jets are out before the Coyotes are. All right, let's get into the Devils before we do our pick of the week because uh, my pick of the week's for tomorrow night. Biggest game of the year, I think, for the Blue and White, so far at least. Uh, 
Oh, poor producer Gabe, poor Frank the Tank, poor <laughs> Pasha, uh, everybody out there that's a Devils fan, we feel for you because you guys got lied to. Last year was a fake year, and this team's got no success at all, just getting pushed around, can't win big games. Dude, what is wrong with the New Jersey Devils? Well, we, we got the breakdown from producer Gabe, I believe it was the last episode that we dropped, if not the one before, and I mean, it, it just hasn't got any better. Like they are, they are in shambles, dude. They're just the most, like, I mean, they got 64 points. They're six points out of it. And then obviously, I mean, people were calling it the dagger of the season when Jack Hughes missed that penalty shot to tie the game against the Ducks with two seconds left. They don't have it. They just don't have it. They're, 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 you're right. They get pushed around way too easily. They're very soft. Like the, the high flying offense is great. But when it ain't working, you got nothing. Well, you got no you structure, right? The zero structure. Nothing. Like no. it's it's I don't know, tough to like, watch. Do you think this maybe is a co- maybe coaching change? No, man. I think it's I think change? it's in the room. I just think you got a lot of guys that are just passengers, right? Passengers on the bus, and they're not taking this season by the balls. Jack Hughes has taken this season by the balls. Um, injuries have been a massive problem for them, but there's just been zero consistency throughout the lineup. Timo Meyer well, isn't the I, guy I, you I, thought I, you signed. No, and that's what I was gonna say. Is I hate when teams. And I know the Leafs also did this, but it, it didn't it didn't really handicap them as much as people thought it would. But I hate when teams try to speed up a rebuild. Like just you got they had such a good thing going out there in Jersey, and then they go out and they get Timo Meyer, and it just they signed him to the big money, and it just seemed to fuck everything up. I mean, he's only got 27 points in 47 games, so not only is he not producing, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Uh, they trade for Tyler Toffoli, and he's a, he's a he's a stud. He's a hell of a player, but his his name's already back in trade conversation because they might have to sell this year. Like, I don't know. Some of the moves they've made are just absolutely head-scratching, mind-boggling moves. I don't know where they go. They need a goaltender. That's for sure. Vanacek is not that guy. Neither is Dawes, and neither, neither is Schmid. They, they need somebody in, in between the pipes that can bail them out because if they really are going to commit to this high-flying offensive style of, of play, you got to have one you got to have one of the top 3 goals in the league to do to play like I that agree. in my opinion. I agree. I agree 100%. You're right. It's sad too because they got great pieces on that lineup that that other teams really want like Tyler Toffoli um who else who else is out there? Andre Andre Palat. Andre Palat, Andre Palat. exactly. Even Dawson Mercer's a hell of a yep, player. Exactly. So Strange year for the Devils. Going to have to look themselves in the mirror big time. Uh, they got 60 games played, 30 wins, 26 losses, and 4 OT losses. And they're down right now to the Kings. Currently live, 3-1, uh, 7 minutes left in the second. So, yeah. just a t- Would you call that the most disappointing team in the league Yeah, this year? for sure. Because it would have been exciting to see them in the playoffs. Dude, they, they stacked up against the Rangers that were probably better on paper last year than they are, are this year, right? And, yeah. dude. Like showed what this Devils future looks like they're going to be about. High-flying offense can bury teams because they just can't keep up with them. And we didn't get that this year at all. No, to get, I mean, and to get a glimpse like that too of what, the direction the team's going and then it just all of a sudden goes south like this, that is just such a, that, that is, that, that sucks. It is. <laughs> I mean, that just sucks. It is. So, so we're there for you Devils fans. We are. Um, we do play them. Uh, one more time this year before the end of the year. Hopefully, uh, they got guys in the lineup, some good skill, because we we, we want to see Jack Hughes and stuff like that. But um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Well, they're hey, dropping hey, like people flies. People pay to see him play. Yeah, they're dropping. <laughs> yeah, you pay to see him play. They pay to see me play. <laughs> but um, yeah, just a really disappointing year for the Devils. Let's move on to our pick of the week, though. Biggest game of the year, Adam. Tomorrow night, biggest game of the year, hands down, not even close. Leafs Bruins doesn't get any better than that. Uh, Go ahead, give give your pick. Are you ready for this? I'm coming from the same game here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Are you you ready for this? 
Yeah, yeah, let's hear it. Burt anytime against his former club. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. It sounds. It seems like our pick of the week is just going to our same game on the Leafs. Yeah. For for, for the week, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna add to it. We're gonna stick to the tradition here. Uh, give me Leafs money line because we would love to see it. Biggest game of the year. Toss in the Burt anytime and toss in a Morgan Riley assist. Love it. Absolutely love it. Great epi episode thirteen. So like we said, we're gonna try and get a. We're definitely getting out a, a UFC pod for sure, just because the fight's coming up this week. Sugar Sean O'Malley's fighting uh, against Cheeto Vera, first title defense. That's gonna be great. But so we'll have a pod out uh, Wednesday, I believe, Wednesday or Thursday to highlight all that stuff. But episode thirteen of the Jock Talk Pod, buddy, unreal. Lot, lot hopefully, of, hopefully this one makes it, oh yeah. makes it out. Yeah, right? <laughs> we'll get on producer Gabe. Everybody, thanks for listening. Follow the socials, uh, TikTok. Twitter, Instagram, the whole bit, and uh, we'll see you. Cheers.